Hey, my friends, welcome to the Grace to Grow podcast. I am Crystal Ward, and I'm here to help busy people like you and me grow in our relationship with God today with just a few simple steps. I hope this message blesses you, that it helps you, encourages you, and most of all, that it leads you closer to Jesus. Check this out. Let's go ahead. I like to dive right into the word. I am a word girl to the core. So uh, my key scripture today is from Hebrews. It'll be up on the screen. If you got the notes, um, the electronic notes, it's also on the notes. If you have issues with that, you can just see us at the table. They'll help you. And, um, and then it'll be on the screen and uh, on the notes. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, if you brought your Bibles, you can open up to that. Pastor Billy was stepping on my sermon last night. I told her it was kind of like part one and part two. All right. When you're there, say amen. Oh, no. When you're there, say amen. Y'all, do y'all want to go to lunch today? Because <laughs> let me tell you something. Preachers got to preach, and when you're not saying amen, it makes us feel like you're not getting it, and we just cannot handle that, right? And so that makes us want to preach longer. So if you want to go to your next session, say amen. Oh, they awake now. Here we go. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to this life of faith, let us strip off every weight, everybody say every weight, that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance, say endurance, endurance. the race God has set before us. And this is probably the best part. We do this by Aren't you thankful when scripture says, here's how you do that? We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Amen? Amen. And so the title of my sermon today is Balance. Balance. And when Pastor Karen asked me to take this session, I thought it was kind of funny because I don't naturally excel at balance. Can I just be honest? I'm a little bit extreme. Um, in a different life, I would probably be an adrenaline junkie that, you know, jumps out of airplanes and does all of that. And I probably still might do that one day when my kids get bigger. But <laughs> so balance is not something that I naturally excel at. But in this season, while I was working on my book, I noticed that if I didn't take care of myself, I couldn't write. Like, if there were things like, um, if I didn't get enough sleep, when I would wake up the next day to write, the words weren't there. If I didn't eat well, my mind would get cloudy, and then the words wouldn't flow. Um, another one is if I was stressed, right? If I was anxious, an anxiety will actually, in a lot of ways, dry up your anointing. Because it's fear-based, and the anointing is faith-based. And so, if I was anxious and stressed, couldn't write. All of these things were starting to add up. The Lord wanted me to start going on walks every day with him and pray, right? And I noticed that if I didn't do that, he would correct me and be like, why didn't you, why didn't you go on your walk, right? And so through this process of writing my book, the Lord has in some ways forced me 
into balance. He's saying, if you want to do this, you're going to have to take care of yourself. And so I had to work on these things because it's not something that I naturally excel at. Don't you kind of appreciate it to hear a teaching from somebody that says, hey, this can be hard for me, and I have to really work at it, but I found some things that helped me, and I want to share it with you. Isn't that cool, right? And so let me tell you, let me speak something over you prophetically. This is bothering me. I'm going to have to move that. Let me speak some things over you prophetically. There's promotion, spiritual promotion in this room in this season. And God is bringing you to new places and new endeavors in him. The Lord was showing me this as I was praying for you. And he wants you in this season to be able to run well with the Holy Spirit. And if we are to run well, we're going to have to learn how to be balanced. Because I promise you, in the areas that we are not balanced in, Satan will try to take advantage of it. Let me show you a quick illustration. Pastor Alicia, would you mind coming and joining me? Y'all give Pastor Alicia a hand. I guess maybe you can stand on this side here. Did y'all enjoy her singing? I feel like I sing with her. One of these days, they're going to invite me to have a solo. Girl. I love her. We have the same spirit. All right. So Pastor Alicia is like a CrossFit hero, y'all. She's super fit, I'm telling you. Like she's way stronger than me. And her husband is as well. One of the things that I like to do with Pastor Darnell, because he's like all muscle, is I like to try to like knock him over, because I can't. <laughs> and I know I'm not going to hurt him. And so I'll come up and I'll like knock him over like that, right? And, and it's just not going to happen. And the same thing would be with her. She is so much stronger than me because she works out that if I were to try to knock her over, it would take a lot of effort, especially if she was prepared. If you knew I was going to try, I, I just, it wouldn't happen. It just wouldn't happen because she's so much stronger, right? And so um, if I catch her off guard, I might be able to knock her over. But if she's ready and she's prepared, do your stance like you were telling me yesterday, right? Like, that's your power stance, she says. If she's ready and she's prepared, right, she's been lifting her weights, I'm just not going to be able to knock her over. But I have an idea. <laughs> just one-handed. How long can you do that? Let's set a timer and wait. Okay. But look, if I can get her off balance... I can come up to her and just, and just knock her right over, right? And let me tell you something. You can put it down. You can, you can prove a point. <laughs> let me tell you something, ladies. Satan plays off of our lack of balance in our life. He will take advantage of the areas that we are not taking care of so that he can come and bump us and knock us over. And so I want to give you hopefully some keys that have helped me in this area so that you can run well with the Lord in the season that he has for you. Amen. Does that sound good? Y'all give Pastor Alicia a hand. I might just leave that bucket there for an illustration. All right. So let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 23 and 24. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 23, and 24. It says, Now may the God of peace make you holy in every way. Let's talk about that word holy for just a second. It does not mean perfect. The word holy means set apart for God. The word holy means this thing belongs to God. And so the scripture says, this is the Apostle Paul talking, Now may the God of peace make you holy, belonging to him in every way. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body, say spirit, spirit. soul, and body, be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And verse 24 is a really important key. It says, God will make this happen for he who calls you is faithful. And so I'm going to tell you a lot of things about um, being holy and belonging to God and being whole. But here is something I want you to remember. It does not happen in your own flesh. The Holy Spirit comes alongside you, and he puts his anointing on your efforts, and he brings wholeness into your life. Amen? It will require effort on your, on your part, but it is not effort in ourselves. It is partnering with the Holy Spirit, and he makes the work happen. And so uh, the Apostle Paul said that in this, in this passage, we are a triune being. We are body. We are soul. And we are spirit. Just like the Lord is Father, Son, Holy Ghost, right? We are a triune being as well, body, soul, and spirit. So we're going to talk about balance in all three of those, body, soul, and spirit. And so I want to teach a little bit on, um, on that. And then I'm only going to give you two points on each one because we really can't. I don't want to do all like six points on each one of those and 18 points. Sound good? Now, so let's talk about the body. We talk a lot about taking care of our bodies, right? And I want to talk about uh, rest in the body just for a minute. Uh, self-care is a big buzzword these days, right? And self-care is important. But, uh, but what if, what if in taking care of ourselves and resting, what if instead of resting from our work, and from our life, and from our children, right on Sunday, we're resting from the whole week, right? All of this work, all these projects, all these kids, I have three beautiful children and a wonderful husband, right? And instead of resting from those things, what if we took care of ourselves for those things, what if we took care of our whole being so that we could better do what God has called us to do, right? And so I want you to think about something. Sometimes you see these ministers that are like on social media and they're off like in Marseille or, you know, you ever see that? Do you follow these ministers on social media? And I'm like, when do you work? <laughs> and they're taking all these big vacations, right? Let me tell you, most of the time they're doing that for you so that they could better fulfill the calling of God on their life. When your pastors run off to all these places, right, to take vacations, understand, or if they take a sabbatical, understand that they're doing it for you to be able to better serve you, right? And I think that that's something that we can do in our own lives personally. So I want to give you um, two points on 
the body. Two points on the body. Before I do that, Jesus was the body of the Lord in the earth, right? Scripture says that the fullness of God dwelled in him bodily, but he's not here in body anymore, right? He's in heaven, right? Now, who is the body of Christ in the earth today? We are. And you only get one body in which to fulfill your calling. Only one. And so we need to take care of and be good stewards of this body that God has given us because we only get one so that we can fulfill everything he's called us to do in the earth. So the first thing we're going to talk about is sleep. They're like, "Mm mm-hmm, yeah, preach it, preach it. Right, sleep. I feel like I didn't sleep for like five years when my kids were little, for real. <laughs> they, it, was like, it was like they had some kind of vendetta against me and my husband. Well, let me tell you something. Satan will use your lack of sleep. He will try to interrupt your sleep. Whenever you're not getting good sleep, he will hit harder because he knows that you are off balance when you're not getting good sleep. And I'm going to tell you a couple of things about sleep that I think are, um, will be beneficial to you. First thing, scientists recommend that we get seven to eight hours asleep a night. Seven to eight hours a night. Now, now, let me just tell you this. I have not been able to hit the eight-hour mark very well, but I have worked really diligently to get that seven hours of sleep every night, right? And the younger, the younger moms in the crowd are like, look, that's got to be a miracle from God. <laughs> I understand. I understand. Remember, the Holy Spirit makes this happen, okay? And so guard your sleep. Play, pray Psalm 4-8. And I will lie down in peace and sleep. For you alone, O Lord, keep me safe. Guard your sleep, right? So one of the things that happens when we're not getting enough sleep, we have two types of thinking. Our brains have two types of thinking. The first type of thinking is divergent thinking or outside of the box thinking. The second type of thinking is convergent thinking, which is like yes, no, right, wrong, ABC, right? When you're not getting enough sleep, one of the first things to go is your divergent thinking. You're thinking outside of the box thinking. Your body turns that off. It sees it as unnecessary when you're sleep deprived. And you can, you, your convergent thinking, yes, no, right, wrong, stays intact. But your divergent thinking goes away. And I can, t- I can attest for that in writing my book. If I didn't sleep well, I had difficulty writing the next day. And so if you want to um, be creative with the Lord, if you want to create things and do things that are outside of the box, if you want to think in ways that are outside of the box, I'm going to tell you, sleep is important. Amen. I'm believing the Lord to be able to solve problems major problems for people in the body of Christ over the next few years. If I want to do that with the Holy Spirit, I have to sleep. And the same thing for you guys. If you want to do things with the Lord that you haven't done before, that are outside of the box, sleep. Amen? Your, your body also detoxes while you sleep. It's the primary time of day that it detoxes all the toxins out of your body. And so ask the Holy Spirit to help you. I understand. I went a really long time without good sleep. And so if that's where you are, pray. Ask the Lord Lord to help you. Rebuke the enemy off your sleep. He has no authority to attack your sleep. All right, let's talk about Sabbath. 
Sabbath. All right, honor the Sabbath is number four in the Ten Commandments. Would you say that the Ten Commandments are important? Do not lie. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not commit adultery. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. Have no idols. These are tenements in our faith, are they not? And number four is honor the Sabbath. Why is it that all of them are important but that one? God actually commands us to Sabbath. Now, one of the ways that you Sabbath well is by remembering. Well, let's define. What does Sabbath mean? I'll get to that. What does Sabbath mean? Sabbath means, the, the word Sabbath means cease, stop. That's what the word Sabbath means. In Israel, on Friday, when they start their Sabbath at 6 p.m., you'll hear people telling you Shabbat Shalom, Shabbat Shalom. And it sounds like that means happy Sabbath, but that's not what it means. The word shalom means total restoration. And when they're saying Shabbat shalom, they are saying, they are blessing you with restorative rest on your Sabbath. So a lot of us Sabbath, and by the way, a two Sabbath requires faith. Scripture says that God will provide everything we need in the six days before the Sabbath so that we can Sabbath. He promises that in the Scripture. And so to Sabbath, just like to tithe, by the way, requires faith. I'm not going there this morning. All the pastors are like, preach that. <laughs> preach that. No, y'all are going to have to preach that. Okay. It requires faith. Amen. All right. And so the Sabbath is restorative rest. Now, you might not get that vegging out on Netflix on Sunday afternoons. Now, look, if you do that, you're honoring the Sabbath. But if you actually want to run with God, you need an effective Sabbath. I desperately need an effective Sabbath. And I've been asking God, help me to Sabbath better, Lord. And so let me read you a scripture. I think it'll help you to Sabbath better. Deuteronomy 5, 12 through 15. I've been trying to do this. All right. This is the same wording that is in the Ten Commandments, but it's just in Deuteronomy. The Ten Commandments is in Exodus 20. It says, observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy, as the Lord your God has commanded you. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may do any work. This includes you, your sons, your daughters, your male and female servants, your oxen, um, donkeys, and other livestock, and any foreigners living amongst you. All your male and female servants must rest as you do. Now, here's the key that I think will help you to make your Sabbath better. Remember that you were once slaves in Egypt, but the Lord your God brought you out with his strong hand and with his powerful arm. This is why the Lord your God has commanded you to rest on the Sabbath day. So what I've been trying to do because of this verse is to remember God and all he's done for me on the Sabbath. A lot of the times I'm just worshiping the Lord while I'm resting. I like to read. I'll read on the front patio a lot. And I'm just with the Lord and just remembering how good he is. When you do that, joy comes. Joy comes with our praise and joy is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. So Sabbath. Everybody say Sabbath. Sabbath. I want to talk about it more, but we got to move forward. All right. Then spirit. 
Romans, um, Romans 8, 11 says that the Spirit of God, there, it's not on the screen, the Spirit of God that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. And he will give life to your mortal bodies by Christ Jesus. So the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead dwells inside of you and he gives life to your mortal bodies. So if we're going to talk about balance, we have to talk about the spirit and caring for our spirit because our spirit receives from God. That's the definition of our spirit. It's what connects us to the Lord. And we receive from God through the spirit, not from your mind, not from your emotions, but, but God will impact your mind and impact your emotions but your spirit is what connects you to God, right? And through the spirit, the things of God come in and they filter out into the rest of your life, right? And so we have to take care of our spirit because through that, life goes out into the whole being, amen? And so I want to talk to you about two kinds of prayer that go along with the spirit, two kinds of prayer. The first kind is relational prayer. Relational prayer. Let's read a scripture about this. This is one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Exodus thirty three eleven. Inside the tent of meeting, the Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Afterward, Moses would return to the camp. But the young man who assisted him, Joshua, the son of Nun, would remain behind in the tent of meeting. And we know Joshua, Moses didn't get to inherit the promised land. Joshua was the one that made great exploits with the Lord in possessing the promised land. And Joshua remained behind even after Moses to be in the presence of God. And that's relational prayer. Relational prayer is where you are face to face with the Holy Spirit. Think about a person's face. Almost all of their character is wrapped up in their face, right? You could like not see their face and not necessarily know who they are unless you know them super, super well, right? But you could see their face and you know exactly who they are. It's the same thing with the Lord. As we're with him, we're just loving on him. We're getting close to him. We're getting in his glory, as Pastor Billy talked about last night. We are face to face with God. And that is where we learn his character, his nature, right? The things he thinks, the things he loves, the things he doesn't love right? All happens face to face with the Lord. Now your spirit is what connects you to him, right? Your spirit came alive in Christ when you gave your heart to Jesus and your spirit connects you with God. Now as you connect with God, your spirit expands like a muscle. It expands and it grows. And the more relational you are with the Holy Spirit, the stronger your spirit gets. Paul talked about being strengthened in your inner man, right? The stronger your spirit gets and the more you can receive from the Holy Spirit. You see these women, they get up here and they prophesy and, they, like, and they'll call out all your deep inside stuff. That's because they've been with the Holy Spirit. And that connection there helps them to receive and to prophesy right? And all of us, not just ministers, are called to be friends of God and to speak with him face to face. Go ahead, you can clap for that. Here at Alive Church, we say something, everyone a minister, everyone has a calling and your calling is vitally important in the earth. 
And we want to have our calling and our whole life full of the Holy Spirit so that we can receive from him and operate in what he has for us. Now, the second type of uh, prayer is intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer. Now, in order, the Spirit is like a vessel, okay, where you can receive from God and be filled, right? Now, if you have a vessel, like a, like a bottle of water, you put, or let's like a, like a glass of water, it gets filled up with water, but then you leave it there for a really long time. That water is stale and nasty. It tastes nasty. Dust starts collecting in there, right? And that's gross. So there needs to be an inpouring and an outpouring. And it works the same with your spirit. When you get with God relationally, there is an inpouring into your spirit. But for our spirit to be fully healthy, there needs to be an outpouring. And let me just say this. In this next season, it is critically important that every member of the body of Christ knows how to pray and how to intercede. I'm going to say that again. It is critically important in the season that we are going into. Look at what's happening in our nation. You think it's not important that we get on our face and pray? It is critically important that every member of the body of Christ knows how to intercede and declare the will of God. Amen? Amen. Amen. So let me give you a scripture on that. Matthew 16, 19. Matthew 16, 19. And I will give you the keys Okay, this is in the Amplified Version. May, like, I would make a note that it's in the Amplified Version. I heard, heard Bill Johnson teach on this one time that he really prefers this translation of this verse. And, and I do uh, prefer it as well. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven. And whatever you loose... Declare lawful on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. So in Genesis chapter 2, like God has all authority in the earth, does he not? He has all authority. In Genesis chapter 2, he gave mankind delegated authority in the earth. And our responsibility as ambassadors of God in the earth is to pray the will of God into the earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Amen? And I'm going to give you a really, really simple way to do that, okay? Really simple. Did you know that scripture actually says, Psalm 103, I believe it's verse 20, that angels listen for the voice of God's word to go out and to do his will. Who do you think the voice of God's word is? That's you. That's you. So as you're with God relationally, you receive from him. You start to know what his will is. And then you use your delegated authority to pray that will to pass in the earth. And every single believer can do it. You do not have to have a platform. You do not have to have a title. You don't have to have a role in the body of Christ. You have to know God. And if you know God, you can pray his will into the earth with authority. Amen. That's a good place to say amen. <laughs> All right, so how do you intercede? What does that even mean to intercede? To intercede just very simply means to pray the will of God over a person or over a, or a place or a thing, an event, right? How do you do that? I've been working on this with my team. This is, this is very simply how you intercede. You just say, Lord Holy Spirit, what's your will in this matter? What's your will for this person? What's your will in this event? What's your will for... Lord, Holy Spirit, tell me your will in this matter. 
whatever you receive from God is what you pray. That's it. That's it. So if I were to pray, uh, let's say I was going to pray for Pastor Latasha here, who's going to be speaking this afternoon. I would say, Lord, what is your will for Pastor Latasha? And I would just listen for the direction of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, in the name of Jesus, I pray boldness right now in Jesus' name over Pastor Latasha. Lord, in the name of Jesus, she will go forward and conquer the things that you have set before her. She will operate in boldness with you. All these things that I'm praying, I just feel like I'm receiving from the Holy Spirit. Was that, was that right for you? Is that, yeah? She said yes, okay. Good thing, because if she said no, that would totally ruin the experiment, wouldn't it? <laughs> and you're going to get it wrong sometimes, guys. I get it wrong. If you don't know what to pray, that's how you intercede, right? The sword of the Spirit, by the way, right, in the armor of God is the rhema word. Amen. It's the spoken word of God. However, if you don't know how to pray, pray the word. Get a scripture and pray it. If you don't know the will of God in the matter, get a scripture and pray that because I promise you that's his will. Amen? Amen? But I'm going to encourage you to come up higher. Come on up higher. Receive from the Holy Spirit and declare it in the earth with your authority. Right, so God has given you authority in the earth. You are the voice of God's word in the earth to bring the will of God to pass in the earth through your prayer as it is in heaven, right? Now, the one who has no authority in the earth, zero authority in the earth, is Satan. Because Colossians chapter 2 says that Jesus triumphed over him by the cross and stripped him of his power. So he has a vendetta. He has a, um, a, a plan in the earth that he has no authority to fulfill. Zero. So guess whose authority he needs? Yours. So what he does is he tries to get the believer to hand over our God-given authority. And that's where we're going to talk about the soul. The soul. The next part. The soul. Y'all still with me? All right. Three ways. These are right, not really points, but three ways that Satan tries to get us to hand over our authority is through sin. Sin separates us from the Lord. Our authority comes from God, and if there's a separation there, we've then handed over our authority. Uh, through lies, um, he will feed us a lie, and then if we take that bait and we believe that, th- that lie, we're actually getting behind his agenda with our authority. It's a dangerous thing, isn't it? And then if he can't do that, then he will try to intimidate you. He will try to intimidate you. He will attack your calling. He will attack your character. He will attack your identity in Christ and tell you that you're nothing, which is a lie, because it contradicts the very word of God, which is complete truth. Amen? And so he wants, he is after your authority. So one scripture, um, let's read, let's read a scripture on that. Matthew 4, 1. Matthew 4, 1. We're going to have to cut this section just a little bit short, but that's okay because you can get the notes. It's in there. Matthew 4, 1. It says, Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. That word tempted means pierce. Now, the devil has, I think, about 17 names in the scripture. There's many names. 
uh, for Satan in the scripture. This one right here in this passage is Diabolos. Diabolos. Um, there's, there's many other ones. And each of his names actually describes one of the ways that he, that, uh, he comes against the believer. Each of the names of Satan describes how he attacks in the earth. And um, look, it's good to know your enemy, is it not? Is it not? What general doesn't know his enemy? What soldier doesn't know his, the tactics of his enemy? Now, we don't focus on the devil, but we are not ignorant of his devices, as the Apostle Paul says, right? And so we need to talk about how he operates so that we can stand firm, like Pastor Alicia, right? Our power stance, and we can run in what God has for us ahead, right? Diabolos. Diabolos is a compound word. The first part of that is dia. Everybody say dia. Dia means like a road or an access point. It's a point of access. The second half of diabolos is balos. Everybody say balos. Balos means to throw. And so this is one of the ways that Satan attacks the believer. He looks for the access point. He looks for the way in, the road in, the dia. I'm looking for the dia. Oh, I found it. Once he finds the dia, he will balos, 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 balos over and over and over until he reaches penetration to get your authority to accomplish his agenda in the earth. I hope you got that. You listening? You got it? Tell me, tell me he's not after the believer. We are the agents of God in the earth to perform his will. He has no authority in which to accomplish what he sets out to do, Right? And so he's after yours, and I don't want you to give it to him. I don't want to give him my authority either. And so he will look for the dia and balos at that dia until he reaches penetration. Now, the scriptures talk about the armor of God, right? We have faith, which is the shield, right? We have the sword of the spirit, which is the rhema word of God. And we use that to quench the fiery darts of the wicked. But let me tell you something. Until the dia, the access point, is healed up and closed, we will always be fighting. I know because I've done it in my own life. I'm telling you, in my own life, every about three to six months, the same issues would keep coming back up over and over and over. The same issues. Before I tell you that story, I'll just give you the two points for this one. Think truth and be healed. Think truth and be healed. The key scripture for think truth was Colossians chapter 2. And it's just talking about set your affections on the things of heaven. And so what I noticed in my life is I would be good and I would fight off the attacks of the enemy and I would get better. I mean, I'll, I'll, can I be transparent with you today? I will tell you the primary areas that I struggle in. One of the primary areas I struggle in is in my identity. In my identity, where Satan will come and try to attack my identity and get me to feel like I cannot accomplish my calling. Another area that I have to really work at is fear, anxiety, and stress. It's a major, um, it has been a major battle for me, but the Holy Spirit is helping me win. Amen? I'm not who I was before. I also am not who I was before in my area of my identity either. And so this is actually a recent story, guys, okay? 
Recently, I was working on my book, trying to finish that up, and man, my identity just came under attack. I was like, Lord, I don't even know who I am in you. I don't know my calling in you. I don't like, am I like this minister? Am I like this minister? And I knew the Holy Spirit was saying, no, you're like you, right? But, but I couldn't, I couldn't like, get that in my head, and I was battling all these anxieties, and and I came to a point, and this is, this is not a long time ago. I came to a point where I said, God, I need you to heal me and deliver me because I can no longer move forward with these things in my life. I have now come to a crossroads where I've been able to manage and still grow and still do what you've called me to do with these wounds in my life. But I am now at a place where I can no longer move forward unless you heal me and deliver me. And I was serious. I was like, I, I, I have to have it, God. Because I have to do what you've called me to do. Every single calling is critical. Amen? Get that. Get that. Your calling, you have one, and it's critical. Amen? And so I needed God to heal me and deliver me. I felt like the Holy Spirit said, I'm going to heal you and deliver you this week. This week. The very next day. That was a Tuesday. The very next day, Bishop preached a sermon on a Jezebel spirit. And that was what I was struggling with and didn't know. I had no idea. I felt like I could spot all these other spirits, but that one I didn't spot. And it was under the radar the whole time. Now, when we say, oh, she's got a Jezebel spirit in the church, that's like, ooh. Okay, having a Jezebel spirit and struggling and coming under attack by a Jezebel spirit are two different things. Right? Elijah the prophet was under attack by Jezebel's spirit, right? Okay. So um, the very next day, he taught us what that looks like in our life and how to put down that attack. And, at, and like the whole church was in the altar. I mean, like everybody was down here. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, you never have to bow again. You never have to bow again. And he said it three times. You never have to bow again. <laughs> Pastor Billy, do you have any of those books on Jezebel's spirit? It's out of print. Yep, she sold them all. You're just going to have to get her, get her knowledge. <laughs> now, there's lots of really great books on it, too. Uh, but I've, I'm sure hers was incredible. Um, there's teachings on it on YouTube as well. We can go ahead and get that music, guys. And so then that took care of the spirit, but I knew that there were still Dia's access points in my heart. And I knew until those access points were closed off that those attacks were still going to keep coming over and over and over. And I can spot them better now, but I would still have to be battling I don't want to battle all the time, and I don't believe that it's God's will for us to battle all the time. We are more than conquerors through Christ who loves us. Amen? Amen. And so I knew that I needed healing. Now, what are some of those wounds that can be there? Um, I don't mind sharing mine, but some of mine affects other people. A lot of the times, ministers, we can't share all the details because we don't want to throw anybody else under the bus, <laughs> right? And so, so some of those wounds can be things that have happened to you as a child, um, parents that didn't, um, 
that didn't uh, love you like the way that God would design them to love you, they're all human. And see, I didn't realize I had those dias, those access points, because I thought, well, I've forgiven everybody. And Bishop says, you can forgive, and you should. But forgiveness doesn't always heal the wound that they left behind. And I needed God to heal that wound on the inside so there were no more access points on my insides. Amen? And so um, I'd actually like to do that now. We can go ahead and lift that music. I want you to get ready to pray. I basically just sat with my pastor and just allowed the Lord to just surgically remove that stuff out of my heart so that I no longer have to battle with these things anymore. And I can promise you there's going to be other things that God shows me that needs to be healed too. I don't for a second think that everything in my heart is healed. I just don't. And when it's time, when it's time, God will reveal the areas that need further healing in my heart all the way until glory. Sometimes we pick up wounds as we go along that need healing. And so I just want you just to invite the Holy Spirit where you are. We invite you, Lord. Ask yourself, ask yourself, how free do you want to be to fulfill your calling? How free do you want to be to fulfill your calling? And if you want to be totally free, tell him that, Lord, I want you to heal me and deliver me. I want you to think about, think about what is something that you've really been struggling with lately? Really, like the thing that you've really been struggling with. And let me tell you, this thing is not an event. It's not a problem. It's the feeling attached to the event or attached to the problem. What is the feeling that you've been really struggling with lately? Is it fear? Is it stress? Is it the feeling that I'm not good enough? Is it the feeling that I don't measure up? What is that feeling? Identify it with the Holy Spirit. Now ask the Holy Spirit, is there a dia? Is there a wound in my heart that is causing this feeling, an access point from the Holy Spirit? For me, my, my lack of identity stemmed from just my childhood in the home that, you know, I, had a, I grew up in a broken home, as many of us did. Ask the Holy Spirit, is there a wound in there? that Satan keeps trying to access. Lord, Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just reveal to your people this morning. Speak to your people, Lord. Okay. If the Holy Spirit showed you something that you're hanging on to, not even intentionally, I wasn't intentionally hanging on to any of that mess. to talk to the Lord about it. Tell him how you feel about that thing that happened to you. Lord, when this happened to me, I felt 
Lord, when this happened to me, when this person did this, I felt. Talk to him about that. If it involves a person, we have to forgive. Jesus says that our forgiveness hinders on our willingness to forgive others. Lord, I forgive them. I release them to you. It's not my responsibility to hold them to account. Lord, you are their judge. So I release that person to you. If you'll do this, you'll really get free this morning. And now tell him how you felt about what they did. Or tell him how you felt when that happened. It's okay. You're not going to hurt his feelings. He wants you to share with him. His face is close to your face this morning. Okay. If you want to be free, give it to him. Say, Lord, I place this in your hands. This thing that happened to me is not mine anymore. And I want you to picture him reaching down, putting it into a bag, tying it up, and taking it away and removing it off of your life. He's big enough. tell him I don't want it it's not my identity anymore you see him taking it away thank you Jesus that you're strong enough and big enough and we're not holding on to this anymore we're closing these access points today now let it go tell him thank you thank you Lord thank you for your goodness thank you for your loving kindness it's better than life thank you for how well you care for me thank you that you've taken these things off of my life they don't belong to me anymore in Jesus name and don't you pick it back up it's not you it's not you anymore he took it away right surgically removed it right amen let's give him praise we thank you Lord we thank you, Lord. Now let me pray for you, Father. I thank you, Lord, that every woman of God in this house has a calling in which to walk with you. That every woman in this house walks hand in hand in the Holy Spirit. I thank you, Lord, that you're leading us forward to run with you and to go places that we've never gone and to reach people that have never been reached, Lord, and to pray the will of God in the earth and to walk out the will of God and to walk out our calling in the earth. I thank you that you anoint these hands in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that you anoint these mouths in the name of Jesus. I thank you that the Spirit of God lives in every single one of them. Lord, and they will accomplish their calling in you. In Jesus' name we pray, and we give you all the glory. We give you all the honor. We thank you, Lord. Go ahead and stand. We thank you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, somebody. No, amen, somebody. Come on. There you go. Amen. 
Well, hey, I hope you enjoyed the message today. I hope that it inspired you and that it brought you closer to Jesus. If it helped you, why don't you right now just click the subscribe button so that you can stay up to date on all of our latest podcasts. For more resources, you could go on over to crystalwart.com and connect with us on social. We want to get to know you. And we are so excited to be on this journey with you as we lean on God's grace to grow together. See you next time.